Guten Tag. And oh. welcome to Tampa 2. Right before we were recording, we were discussing whether or not either of us knew any German, and that is it. Is I think Guten Tag and Danke, I think, is thank you. And so good morning and thank you. And that's all I got. I If we need nothing. more than that, I we're going to be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be in trouble. Well, it is time for Tampa 2. Casey Phillips here with staff writer Bree Dix. And as you can tell, we are gearing up for our trip to Germany. We are actually recording this Thursday morning in the middle of a tropical storm before we fly to Germany. So it's a typical week here. Nothing crazy going yeah. on. Everything is fine. So yet again, this made us have to record earlier than normal, which we'll give yes. our um, disclaimer that that means in terms of injury news, things like that, all we have is Wednesday's injury report to go off of. So I'm sure there will be more things to come, and we're definitely going to have all the coverage coming from Germany as we are both going. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But for now, let's go ahead and start uh, with just some of our big takeaways from this last game, the win over yeah. the Rams. Well, I think initially you saw a lot of the same issues you've seen offensively. You know, their only points came on the trio of Ryan Suckupfield goals, had trouble converting on third down, capitalizing on opportunities in the red zone. And then you had that stunning game-winning drive, methodically led down the fields. They went 60 yards, 35 seconds, capped it off with Brady's one-yard pass to Kate Otten, who ran that chip and release route to perfection, kind of sold the run, turned around out of the flat one yard into the end zone. So I think that was really encouraging to see just this offense finally cohesively work together, be able to capitalize on that opportunity and get, get the victory. And then you had Jake Camarda, absolutely sensational play, consistently pinned the Rams inside their own 20-yard line, had that 74-yard punt. And I think special teams a lot of times doesn't garner – a lot of the attention may not be as flashy, be in the headlines, but I mean, he has just had an incredible season as a rookie. And then I know you will be pumped because you've talked a lot about Vita Vea, but man, two sacks now has six and a half on the season. And I think it's just kind of unprecedented what he's doing for a nose tackle, a position that has kind of predominantly been more of that. The runs tougher, a guy that commands those double teams. But his interior penetration, his ability to get to the quarterback, he's having one heck of a season, and it's, it's fun to watch. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, I love that Jake got the game ball because I yes. think about so often how poor punters, their <laughs> individual success and team success is typically not linked in terms yeah. of if you're punting a lot of times – a lot of times it doesn't mean your team came away with the win. So right. to get a chance to be a part of the celebration, the win, and have had one of the best games a punter has ever had in this league. I mean, that was incredible. And to have to, he punted six times, but technically he even punted eight because of the fact that two of them didn't count with yes. the penalties. Oh, yeah. And he's kicking off. That leg strength is crazy. Think about how many times he was asked to just boom something between a kickoff and a punt. And this is the beauty of having that, you know, rookie and the, the young legs yeah. that are he's but did it with precision. He did. It was incredible. Perfect. So yeah, very happy for him. Um, that was an incredible performance. And yeah, I think that, you know, before I think the quote that I even read last week on our podcast talked about the idea of things being contagious. That the the yes. plays yeah. that that Coach Bowles talked about that that sometimes you just need one or two plays to go your way. And I'm hopeful that that game winning drive is the thing that's contagious. Right that that was what you needed to see that you, you have that ability as an offense. And that's part of the Brady effect, right, is that you believe that can happen mm -hmm. at any point. 
and that that belief is so important for an offense, for a team yes. to see. And so I, I know we're going to get into the Seahawks, but they're going to need that this week. That yeah. This is a team that has been gritty, that doesn't give up, and that has outperformed expectations. Mm-hmm. And I think that hopefully that game-winning drive is, is incredibly important. And I think it was good for the defense to have that the moral victories along the way in terms of getting the offense the ball back and right. making those key stops. And I know that they still allowed a couple big plays to Cooper Cup, but frankly at this point, who doesn't? And it, it felt like, again, a bit of a um, just encouraging effort for both sides right. that could feel like, all right, we've, we've turned this around, we're ready to go. And especially as you are going to head to Germany, I just think you needed that feel-good oh, yeah. moment so badly. That would be a long transatlantic yes. flight without that win. Yes, it would. <laughs> and, you know, I know that Scotty Miller had the drop in the end zone, which, you know, he would say is not okay and not acceptable, but then he played such a huge part Ooh. of both that those last, last drive, two drives. Yes. And to see the way he did bounce back and that Brady still had that confidence in him. And, you know, we've talked about how this team hasn't necessarily had wide receiver three be this clear-cut yes. thing. And to see guys like him show that they can step up and be that, even if we're not going to necessarily have due to injury or whatever other circumstance, a guy just be blatant wide receiver Mm -hmm. three, that you have different guys capable of being wide receiver three on any given day. And heck, even Kate Otten. And this guy, I'm just so happy for him. And what an amazing catch. And as a rookie, just just be playing so well in all the different phases of special teams and blocking and receiving that is a hard position. It's a hard transition to be good at as a rookie in all of those different phases. So yeah, I thought there were a lot of amazing takeaways from that game, both individually for guys and just what it could mean for the team moving forward. So um, let's let's go ahead and start talking about the keys to this next game for you as you look at this matchup. What are the things that you feel like we're going to be saying, or why the Bucks could come away with a victory? I think the biggest thing for me is being able to stop the run. I mean, the, the run defense for the Bucks has been up and down this season, and it's, it's uncharacteristic because this is a team that predominantly teams have stopped running against this team because of their proficiency at it. I mean, they've forced teams to become one-dimensional, essentially. So I want to see them get back to that. And they're, basically the way that the Seahawks offense, it, I mean, it's predicated on the run. Their ability, their ability to run the ball, target the perimeter, sets up, you know, Geno Smith on the design runs, the bootlegs. They use a lot of, you know, multiple personnel groupings, the two, the three tight end sets to to set up those those runs, to set up the blocking up front, and then you've got the the trickery, the their flea flickers, the wildcat yeah. formations. They use a lot of things that that stress a defense. Mm-hmm. So I think for us it's it's how can how can we attack that? And how can we stop that controlling gap, setting the edge, I think is gonna be is gonna be critical in this game to see if they're able to do that. And Geno Smith, I mean, God, in a post Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner era, not many people projected the the Seahawks to certainly be the leader of the NFC West, but I mean, this is a contending team. Yeah. And Geno Smith, I mean, he's leading the NFL in completion percentage. He's elusive on runs, and I think he has a great feel and a poise in the pocket for when he sees those man-to-man coverages to be able to run Mm -hmm. and to break contain. So I think that that's going to be big is, A, can you stop or limit Geno Smith, and how can you attack with with all of the the jet sweeps, with receivers, the, the tight ends, all of these different things that they do that has become a nightmare for defenses around the league. Yeah, and I think that it is good timing for a matchup like this where 
the emphasis on gap discipline and setting the edge and just communication overall with the right. defense. That's been everything you need for this game is what yeah. the point of emphasis has mm -hmm. been for this team. And I think we did see it more this last week. I think we saw progress yeah. in those areas, um, you know, that they the, the defense as a whole seemed to play really – I mean, heck, you even had Nacho getting in there and getting a sack. That's yes. his first one as a Buccaneer, which is so exciting. And um, I just think that the defense overall – even in the depth areas, it, it's just showing the right direction on those things. Yeah. And I think this will be a really good test. And I will say, Todd Bowles, you know he knows Geno Smith. And now I and know Geno Smith has obviously grown, matured, changed. You know, it's been several years since Coach Bowles was his coach. Right. But I, I think that for a guy like Coach Bowles who loves to play that defensive chess match, oh, yeah. and then he already has that kind of familiarity with Geno Smith, I think that's going to be fun to see what he decides to throw at him oh yeah um so yeah and I think speaking of what he can throw at them why don't we talk a little bit about the injury situation and who the Bucks might have might not have at least in terms of what we know as of Thursday morning and right. some of those big injuries that you think are going to be important to be keeping an eye on well I think it's encouraging to see that Cameron Bray practiced yesterday Antoine Winfield Jr. practiced yesterday now Todd Bowles did say that he's still in concussion protocol kind of managing that but I think it is encouraging to see him back out there with his teammates working and then you had several guys that did not participate you didn't have Russell Gage you didn't have Julio Jones you didn't have Shaq Mason you didn't have Luke Gedeke so I think the guy that I'm kind of monitoring is Julio Jones and mm -hmm. like you mentioned with the injuries you haven't really had that guy emerge as the number three wide receiver mm -hmm. which if okay they're keying in on Chris Godwin or they're keying in on Mike Evans you need a guy that's going to be able to make those plays over the middle and we've certainly seen that from Kate Alton you saw that from Scotty Miller at the end of the Rams game so I'm excited to see okay if if Julio Jones can't go then who is that guy that's right. going to step up and make a difference against this raging Seahawks team. Yeah, I think that the Antoine Winfield Jr. return to me is the most important thing right. on an injury front in maybe the whole season. I mean, this guy, what he has yeah. come to mean to this defense, and then therefore when he's out, all the people that have to get moved around and not play right. typical positions. So it's the, the twofold of what he brings when he's out there and then where you have to move people to and change up when, again, everything is supposed to be about this cohesiveness and communication yeah. when everybody's been having to play things they're not used to or next to guys that they don't normally. Having him back from the plays he could bring and then just the continuity of that defense I think is really important. And I think overall my maybe stat to watch or something along those lines would be do the Bucks force a turnover? It's been five games. Yes. Good night. That is crazy. Yeah. And especially with the Todd They've Bowles been defense. close. They've been so close. But they close. haven't been able to come away with They've them. been so close. And sometimes turnovers are fluky, right? Yeah. Where does the fumble bounce? Where does the, you know, whatever, even a, a tipped ball that just kind of falls in your hands. You know, there's some things that are fluky. But after five games, I think it's safe to say that it is no longer just a fluke. Fluky, yeah. And they need to be doing some things to force them to produce them and not just kind of hope they're falling into their hands. And um, I feel like having Antoine Winfield Jr. back could be – a pretty big factor in trying to produce some more of those, whether it be a pick or whether it be mm -hmm. you know a bigger hit or something along those lines. I think that could be um, an important way to try to get the defense right. whole and in a position of not just playing to not give up points, but playing on that attack mode right. to force some of those big plays. Mm -hmm. When I think having Akeem Hicks back helps. I mean, yes. you saw what he did in kind of freeing things up for Vita Vea, commanding some of those guys, eating up blockers to free him up. But then also that's going to force errant throws. So if they can do that and force Geno Smith into making mistakes and, and getting the ball out too quickly, then you can come away with some of those things. So yeah. I think that'll be interesting to see how 
how they're able to do with, with pressure and work as a cohesive unit against the Seahawks. Yeah, what would be the key matchup in your mind to watch? I'm going along the lines of with the extension of the Seahawks run game. So I want to see Devin White against Kenneth Walker. And he's the guy, you know, Rashad Penny got injured. So, but Kenneth Walker in his first year, he is playing incredible. Is their leading rusher, has over five yards of carry, is just absolutely dominant. He's got the quick burst off his initial cut, you know, has the, the decisiveness in the open field and just absolutely makes guys miss. And then he has that contact balance through congestion. So I think Devin is a guy that's going to need to have a really big game because we've seen the ups and downs this season from, from the run defense. There's been the missed tackles, the missed assignments that Todd Bowles has stressed over and over. But Devin's a guy that has the sideline range. He has the, the closing burst. He's able to move you know, from, from gap to gap to track those the rushers that bounce to the outside. So I think the, the perimeter runs that the Seahawks are really proficient in, he's going to be a big, big guy in this game in limiting those. Mm -hmm. So he's a player that I'm that I'm kind of keying in on against Kenneth Walker. Yeah, that's interesting. I was thinking about going with Levante and partially thinking how close he was to getting one of those turnovers last yes. week. Yes. And I feel like Levante's that guy when you give him a little taste of that. Like he and he was – you could tell how frustrated he was. Yeah. He didn't come away with it. I feel like he's so good at forcing fumbles. Like, that is just his area of expertise. Right. So I can see him either forcing the fumble or getting an interception or something. I just feel like he's the guy where he knows how badly this defense needs, needs one of those. Yes. And I can see him producing one of those plays this week. But mm -hmm. since you went with Devin, I guess I'll flip on the other side. And um, I think I'm going to say Kate Otten because yeah. I feel like Brady is the quarterback where – he goes to the hot hand. He goes to who he trusts in the Ooh, moment. Yes, good and point. I think that Cade proved he could be that guy last week. And so I think Brady is. I don't know if I want to put it as like a "What have you done for me lately?" guy, but like that's kind of how he seems Operates, to operate. Yeah, and I can see where he feels really good with Cade now. And so I can see there being some more targets his way. And if you can put a couple games in a row together, that I, I see this being the turning point even for Cade of becoming not just a talented rookie, but just, you know, tied in number one on the team right. potentially, you know, to go from not just impressive as a rookie, but just impressive overall. Mm -hmm. And if I think that now that we know Brady knows he can go to him, I wouldn't be surprised if we see, you know, a couple throws Cade's way early in the game and that he could be the guy that gets rolling and, and is that hot hand in the game. So right. I think that he might be my guy I look out for. How about a, a position uh, to watch or, you know, a, a maybe either a, a player or a position group overall that you're really wanting to watch? I am going to go with Joe Tryon Shoyinka for this game. You don't have Shaq Barrett. You know, his season prematurely ended with the torn Achilles. So I think, and even Larry Foote was talking about, you know, I, I'm waiting for that breakout game. You know, he's like, I want Joe to have that, that four-sack incredible performance and he's like I think he's close mm. so without Shaq in the lineup I mean Joe's gonna need to have a big game this week I mean this is a team that like we said have stressed the perimeter so if Joe crashes in or he oversets to the inside well then you leave a gaping hole for Geno Smith or a wide receiver on a jet sweep or a running back out of the backfield so he's gonna be critical in this game 
and being able to limit that. Mm -hmm. And in the same with with Anthony Nelson and whoever's on the other side. I mean, the guys, those guys, this outside linebacker group is going to have a really critical game. And I think Joe is going to be a really big part of that. I'm going to kind of choose a, a position group then. I'm going to go with the running backs overall. I think it was interesting to watch this last week that Keyshawn Vaughn got his first touches of the whole year, got his first reps on offense of the whole year. And you saw Rashad White maybe getting a few more opportunities mm -hmm. than usual in terms of the run game, not just the pass game. And um, just the way that all three of them were used, you're seeing two back sets. And I, I can just see this game being one where we continue to just see as they try to almost throw the spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks, like what works for this running back group right. the best way? Because I, I think back to, you know, the Super Bowl year and, and it was Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette almost alternating quarters. Mm -hmm. And it was being able to then keep Leonard's legs fresher Fresh. for, you know, he became fourth quarter Lenny and then he was playoff Lenny. Yeah. And it was thanks to some of those fresher legs. And I think that even though the run game hasn't produced as much as they would like, there's, you know, still an easy way to wear some of those legs out, mm -hmm. even if the runs aren't going well. And so I, I think seeing the way that they use all three of them and the hopes that it keeps Lenny a little bit fresher and then gets Rashad White a few more carries as a rookie to see what he can do and then even getting Keyshawn Vaughn in there a little bit. I just am interested to see how we see all of them used right. this week together. So mm -hmm. I think, and, and again, we know how much they want to get this run game going yeah. earlier, more often, whatever it is. And I, I know that maybe now after Nick Leverett's got a couple games under his belt and he did, I think, mm -hmm. really well against Aaron Donald and everything, that maybe now... Uh, that there's been a little bit of continuity there that maybe they feel better about some of these run plays that they can install and mm -hmm. that they can use. So I, I think that I'm just interested to see what that group does. Right. Well, and that's going to help out the offense as a whole. I, I saw a stat, and I think it was for five games, Brady's thrown over 40 passes. And that just, that's not sustainable for an entire season. You know, when, when you're when moving you're into – Yes, when you're moving into – November, December, when you're moving into some of these colder games, the different climates down the stretch of the season, you need to be able to run the ball and to have that balance. And the Bucks haven't been able to do that cohesively in, in recent games. Yep. So I think like that's going to be huge to be able to get those guys going, to set up the play action and have that work together so that Brady's not in the pocket having to throw it 40 times. Mm -hmm, absolutely. All right, well, let's close with our quote of the week segment. What do you got? I am going to go with a quote from Todd Bowles on the Seahawks run game. Mm. And he said, they're blocking up front very well. They have two great runners. Well, Rashad Penny got hurt, but with Kenneth Walker, they have a heck of a runner. He's got great vision. He was great in college, and he's good now. The receivers can run the ball doing jet sweeps and everything. Then you've got the quarterback runs, so they spread it around pretty much. They always threaten you outside with speed. So you have to play them honest. Mm. Yep, that's going to be important. It's going to be huge. Um, I went with a quote that is, uh, I wanted something about the Germany trip in general. It's unique. Ooh, yes. And then there First was ever. a, you know how I love the ones that are off the wall? And I felt like <laughs> as two Texans, we both very much would appreciate this quote. Um, Todd Bowles, he was asked about how preparation 
works when you're going to Germany yes. and what you know how that throws a wrench into things or how they do that. Yeah. that I love work. how there was just a long sigh. Yes, <laughs> and he's like, well, we do the bulk of the work here. When we get over there, we just have a Friday practice, so most of the hay is in the barn other than meetings and walk through at the stadium and getting a feel for the locker room where we've got to come through. I just enjoyed most of the hay is in the barn. I was like, what a what a quote. Um, but it is interesting to think about that as we just look at Germany, and I think with everything we've talked about about previewing this game, the Germany part of it is such an unknown factor of how yes. these teams are going to handle the lack of sleep, the long flights, which good night for poor Seattle. What yes. a long trip. I do not envy them in that situation. So how you handle your body, the rest, the recovery of it, and mm-hmm. – Players are creatures of habit. Yes. They and coaches are creatures of habit. They want their routine. That's why everybody even just likes home games more than road games, much less out of the country. Yeah. Road games. And to see who handles that well and you know, just who can rise to the occasion of where this already is a lot of adversity to not play your best game. Like there mm-hmm. are a lot of reasons to not be at tip top right. shape when you have most likely not slept great on the plane, lost you know, most of a night of sleep, you're dealing with the jet lag, dealing mm-hmm. with the time change, you don't have your normal pit, bed and pillow mm-hmm. and snacks and you know, all these things, like right. all your routines that you do. I know that they're going to try to replicate everything as much as possible at the hotel in terms of what the guys are eating and right. their routines and what they're doing. And our sports science team has done an incredible job of trying to prepare everything from the blue light glasses, glasses. to the, you know, everything else. But um, it is such an interesting point but at least in terms of the prep for the game it is cool to hear that the coaches view it as like look we've that's part of the perk of going late in the week they've already done the majority of the work they've already done the majority of the install it's basically you just got friday and you got to walk through and that's it but also i thought it was interesting where he said and getting a feel for the locker room where we've got to come through that's to my point about the creatures of habit thing that like you don't realize that even just the locker room they're in matters to them that they Mm want to know they want to have a familiarity of what that's going to look like. But there are just so many factors about going to play in Germany that are so unique. And so I think that it was just interesting to hear him talk about a little bit of that and just to see how this team responds to Mm -hmm. everything not being normal. Oh, yeah, and and the cold. And the cold, which Which we are not prepared for. We are not accustomed to, yeah. We are not. Texans to Floridians, uh, we are not prepared. (laughs) Good thing we're not the ones playing because that would not go so well. Well, thank you so much for joining us on another edition of Tampa 2. We'll be back here next week to break down, hopefully, a win in Germany.